Welcome to the Global Venture and Review Podcast. My name's James Mawson, founder and editor-in-chief of our Global Corporate Venturing, Global University Venturing and Global Impact Venturing Publications. Great pleasure to be back once again on the podcast, which we're running through the Clubhouse app again, given last week's success. We had a great sort of debate after the sort of main notes, so we'll continue doing that. But on to the main news of the past week. I saw that Bonnie Simi, pilot and founder of US airline JetBlue's corporate venturing unit, has read the runes correctly in December when she left to join portfolio company Joby Aviation as head of air operations and people. This week, Joby, which is in the prototype phase of developing an all-electric vertical takeoff and landing or EVTOL passenger aircraft, which has agreed a $6.6 billion reverse acquisition with New York-listed Special Purpose Acquisition Vehicle or SPAC reInvent Technology Partners. Simi, who remains an advisor to JetBlue Technology Ventures, said, quote, The regional transportational ecosystem is ripe for disruption and startups like Joby Aviation will revolutionise how people move across urban areas. Joby's vehicle platform will be the standard to beat. Nearly four years ago, we saw that Joby already was the emerging leader in the EVTOL space and the developments with reInvent validate our early investment. End quote. Simi had uncovered the Joby deal soon after setting up JTV in 2016 and it was the GCV award winner as a new entrant of the year as JetBlue Technology Ventures through her network in Silicon Valley. She studied under the legendary finance professor Ilya Strebulev at Stanford after all and was a big proponent on the power of EVTOL to disrupt airlines even a few years ago. Joby is expected to operate for commercial use in the US beginning in 2024 after becoming the first company to receive an EVTOL certification basis plan with the Federal Aviation Administration and receiving the US Air Force's first ever airworthiness approval for an EVTOL aircraft. Piloted four-passenger aircraft is faster than existing rotorcraft flies 150 miles on a single charge and will be 100 times quieter than an existing rotorcraft for small planes during takeoff and landing, JetBlue said. Raj Singh, manager and director of investments at JTV and co-winner of the GCV Powerless Award with Simi in September, said, quote, As with all our investments, JetBlue Technology Ventures' goal is to better position JetBlue with startup-led innovation that could radically change the travel industry. Travellers today are more conscious of their carbon footprint than ever before, so the reduction of pollution that comes with electrification is highly appealing. End quote. The deal was also noteworthy for bringing together the digital with physical ways of connecting people. Long and short-haul travel is being disrupted through the COVID-19 disease, accelerating shifts to cheaper or more sustainable modes and reflecting changing communication work patterns caused by technology more broadly. Reid Hoffman and Mark Pincus, the two directors of reInvent alongside Michael Thompson as CEO, were among the first three investors in social network Facebook and early investors in Twitter and Airbnb. As Pincus was in the early phases of founding gaming group Zynga in 27, Hoffman was among his earlier investors, having previously set up business network in Din. Pinkman and Hoffman acquired the six degrees patent that enabled social media a network effects model to flourish based on Metcalfe's law, which states that the value of a telecommunications network is proportional to the square the number of connected users of the system, or N2. These network effects, as well as undermining the need to travel so frequently, given online ties, were also starting to disrupt finance. Pincus and Thompson 
began investing together in 2017 after the latter reportedly returned investors' money from BHR Capital, successor to hedge fund Bay Harbor Management, called into hedge fund alert at the time. Alongside Hoffman, they established reInvent Capital in 2018 with an eye to tapping into the late-stage venture deals being agreed. In its regulatory filing for the reInvent SPAC, they said, quote, a substantial market opportunity exists for a potential business combination in the private technology sector. As of August 2020, per PitchBook data, there were 417 private technology companies valued over $1 billion globally, counting for over $1.65 trillion of cumulative valuation, up from 18 private technology companies valued at unicorn status in 2010. More than half of these companies are headquartered within the US, and most are focused on reInvent's key investment sectors, including consumer internet, games, marketplaces, e-commerce, and other technology subsectors. While the quantity and scale of private technology companies has grown, the number of technology initial public offerings has remained constant at approximately 40 tech companies per year. Per studies from Jay Ritter, the average age of a technology company going public has increased from four years in the dot-com boom to 11 years in the last decade. And based on Dealogic data, the average market capitalization of technology company IPOs has increased from approximately $400 million to about $2.8 billion in this time. As Hoffman and Pincus and Thompson said, we believe this disconnect between the quantity of scale technology companies and the number of these companies that actually go public each year has created an attractive backlog of potential targets for our blank check company. End quote. It is an opportunity to make the three even richer as the initial shareholders in reInvent collectively own 20% of the SPAC. In the S1 regulatory filing, quote, in August 2020, our sponsor paid an aggregate $25,000 to cover for certain expenses on behalf of us in exchange for issuance of 14.375 million Class B shares, valued at about $0.002 per share, end quote. The deal with Joby now prices each share at $10 each, according to the 8K filing this week. And so, whether in business, finance or life to power, relationships or networks hold true, it seems. And we'll have Raj Singh join our clubhouse next week in an Ask Me Anything session after the recording of the Global Venture and Review podcast next week. He was hoping to join this week, but uh, he's had to push it back due to a couple of other factors coming out there. So, on to the second story. We have... Could India, as the sleeping giant of corporate venturing, finally be waking up? The Economic Times of India's scoop that conglomerate reliance industries geo platforms is finalising a potential $200 million commitment to domestic venture capital fund Kalari Capital could be a signal for a wider local commitment and corporate venturing efforts. The Mukesh Ambani-led conglomerate has reportedly closed a $100 million first commitment with an additional commitment of $100 million planned for later as part of the group's efforts to deepen its footprint in India's tech scene, the Economic Times said. Kalari's portfolio companies, such as furniture retailer Urban Ladder and lingerie retailer Sivami, were acquired by units of Reliance Industries, ET said, with a source adding, quote, Reliance's investment in Kalari will give the company an early line of sight into startups and upcoming sectors. REL won't necessarily acquire all the companies in which Kalari invests, but it will certainly act as a discovery pipeline, end quote. In November, Reliance committed $50 million to breakthrough energy ventures, primarily for its international deals, and it is a scale-up from earlier commitments. 
2018, for example, Reliance Industry subsidiary contributed to India venture firm 314 Capital's $39 million fund too. But there have been a number of false dawns before. Back in 2016, Ambani said Reliance Industries would set up a 50 billion real or sort of $750 million corporate venturing fund to invest in digital technology developers. At the time, Ambani said, quote, we also have plans to partner with thousands of Indian entrepreneurs whose digital ventures can bloom in the ground that Geo is preparing, end quote. And back in 2010, even further ago, Reliance Capital aimed for a $500 million fund made as well as making investments through subsidiaries Network 18 and GenX Ventures. Safe to say they haven't quite invested all of that amount in that past decade. But the difference potentially now is Reliance has itself raised tens of billions of dollars in the past year to fund Geo and transform itself from primarily an energy-focused conglomerate to a telecom and tech one. In an emailed response to ET, a Reliance spokesperson said, quote, Reliance remains committed to support and build-up of a thriving startup ecosystem in India, particularly in digital enablement space, and will continue to explore various avenues to do so. End quote. Reliance's commitment could also come at an important time for India's ecosystem more widely. Martin Hamig, adjunct professor at CETIM, in his keynote at the GCV Digital Forum in January, noted GCV analytics data showed about a 20% drop in both domestic-only and foreign-only CVC investment in India last year. This is different both from other Asia-Pacific countries and the US and Europe. Gateway House's report last year uncovered the importance of China to India's CVC deal activity, and this was affected in the past year, especially with the so-called tech lash by politicians limiting Chinese tech companies in India. And that local CVC's reduced activity is unclear, but would be a warning signal. Might expect a reduction in foreign-only deals in favour of hybrid deals as local CVC's become more active, and this is generally seen as an important source of foreign direct investment to help local entrepreneurs scale up globally. That India has dropped from a relatively low base vis-a-vis China that has many more large deals would be concerning. First generation of CVC champions in China, such as Baidu, Alibaba and Tencent, encouraged their portfolio companies such as Didi Shuxing and Maituan Jiangping to scale up and start CVC quickly. Tech incumbents in India, however, including Tata Infosys and Reliance, have perhaps looked more internationally and to dominate local markets without local CVC in the name. That Reliance is now supporting third-party VCs and acquiring portfolio companies will create a more dynamic ecosystem for startups alongside its own corporate venture backers, such as search engine Google, perhaps giving it greater global heft. So, third main story of the past week, things are bubbling away for many startups, but even more so for the big list of tech companies. K-shaped COVID economy, where some companies and individuals do well, even if the majority struggle, is evidenced in a number of ways. And in its latest blog post, Ray Dalio, co-chief investment officer and co-chairman of hedge fund Bridgewater Associates, states about 5% of the top 1,000 companies in the US are in a bubble, according to his analysis and classification. This works at at about 3% of the S&P 500 index, and these relative handful of companies have seen stellar share price increases of about 350% on average over the past year or so, according to Dalio. Naturally, this sort of bifurcated market attracts investors to find the next big thing, because obviously, while some have had a stellar rise and that's lifted the overall markets, the majority company have bumped along with not much increase. 
and speed is of the essence. This creates demand for faster flotations, particularly if they can include egregious remuneration for insiders bringing these deals to market, otherwise known as SPACs. Matt Taibbi and Eric Solzman recently added SPACs to the Financial Devil's Dictionary in their podcast. As they note, quote, America still leads the world in one thing, inflating speculative bubbles using gibberish finance acronyms. Meet the latest soup, get super rich quick scheme, the special purpose acquisition company. End quote. The temptation to leap on these packs is certainly high, you know, and particularly as we've seen increasingly popular given the Joby deal. As The Economist notes in its latest issue, last year in America, underpricing led to $30 billion of unrealized gains for new public companies and their employees. With SPACs and direct listings, another route for going public, there's no pressure for a price to pop, end quote. In an earlier article, The Economist quoted academics Michael Klausner and Emily Rahm of Stanford University and Michael Olroe of New York University, who looked at blockchain firms that made acquisitions between January 2019 and June 2020. They found while companies that went public through this back route fell in average by 3% after 3 months, 12% after 6 months, and by a third after 12 months, about half the sample were high quality, and these performed better. Whether that quality will remain high is unclear. As Taibi and Solzman said in 2021 already, 160 SPACs have already raised over $50 billion, nearly matching last year's record of $83.4 billion. Given SPACs tend to raise more cash once they find an acquisition target, or about five times that in the initial list of pot, as the economist reckons, this could bring $600 billion of deals in the next one to two years, which is about double the entire global VC market based on pitch books data for 2020 deal values. For a bit more speed and chance to replace VC or private equity in some businesses, make it a development that can outlast these bubble conditions. If not, it will return to the dusty archives already storing investment trusts, payment and kind notes, and collateralized debt obligations used in prior public areas to soak up excess liquidity and irrational exuberance. Onto a personnel story, it's been a new breed of solutions for global challenges, and so it's been exciting to see Victoria Slivkov. Global Head of Innovation and Entrepreneurship at the University of California System, or UC System, has become Executive Managing Director of the Extreme Tech Challenge. Slivkoff joined Barrett Partner, Co-Managing Director, to develop Tech for Good Startups Award Initiative, co-founded by Young Sun and Bill Tai, in which Global Corporate Venture is a partner. While at UC, Slivkoff and run an Entrepreneurs Competition with the awards winners going forward to the XTC final on the 15th of July. This year, the UC winners were announced at the Global Corporation Digital Forum on the 27th of January, included the champion for the Social Impact Contest, Curries, which provides a system for enrolling patients in clinical trials, Trash to Cash Recycling Service, Takachar, and Sophie's Bionutrients, a producer of sustainable food proteins using fermented feedstock that's headquartered in Singapore. This year's XTC Awards are expected to see more than 2,500 applications by the deadline on 25th of April, with 80 companies selected for the finals on June 4th and the winners on 15th of July. Now on to the news and briefs. We've seen Chevron Technology Ventures has committed $300 million to the Future Energy Fund 2, a newly formed vehicle to invest in developers of technology to reduce carbon emissions and is a successor to the 100 million future energy fund launched by Chevron in 2018, has since backed 10 companies. On exits, we've already talked a good amount about SPACs, but there's been a, a huge number of them. 
One that's taken an alternative route in more of a direct listing is cryptocurrency trading platform developer Coinbase, which is choosing direct listing route at reportedly a $100 billion valuation, more than 200 times that of which BBVA, New York Stock Exchange, USAA, and Docmol Capital invested in the company back in 2015. Astonishing performance, if that's the case, for a company that generated about $322 million dollars of profit over the course of last year. Back to SPACs, we've seen electric luxury sedan developer Lucid Motors agree a reverse merger with Churchill Capital Corp that would have a combined equity value of nearly $11.8 billion. Pretty impressive for a car that is yet to release its first vehicle. Renew Power, the India-based renewable energy provider backed by Chubu Electric Power and Tokyo Electric Power, has its sights on Nasdaq through a SPAC deal with RMG acquisition to collect $1.2 billion and a valuation of $8 billion. Berkshire Gray, the US-based robotics fulfillment systems developer backed by SoftBank, has agreed a reverse merger of Revolution Acceleration to raise $507 million at a $2.7 billion value. Mark Forge has also done a SPAC to give a potential win for Microsoft, Porsche and Siemens to a net $425 million. Exos has carried itself to a reverse merger, the Prozier-backed electric truck producer, will list on NASDAQ with a $2 billion valuation. Also on the SPAC front, advanced battery developer Innovix has agreed a reverse merger with Rogers Silicon Valley acquisition at a pro forma enterprise valuation of $1.13 billion. Fintech has also seen a large number of venture stage deals, but Marketa, the operator of a payment card issuing platform, has confidentially filed to go public in an IPO rather than through a SPAC. It's targeting a $10 billion valuation though. It's more than double the $4.3 billion valuation in which Marketa last raised money in April. Smart projector manufacturer Xgumi, meanwhile, has filed for a $185 million IPO on the Shanghai Stock Exchange star market to give potential exits to Baidu, Mango, Zhongzhang, Red Cultural Group. And Wing Art First is also due to IPO on the Tokyo Stock Exchange to raise $172 million. On to the main deals, which we'll is quickly rattle through the large deals of at least $100 million in size. Qingzhou, the bicycle rental service spun off by on-demand ride provider Didi Shuxing in 2018, is reportedly set to announce a $600 million Series B round from investors. S-Volt Energy, formed by China-based auto manufacturer Great Wall Motor, spun off six years later, has now raised $541 million in its Series A round, co-led by Bank of China Group. Plume Design, a developer of technology to increase the speed and security of home Wi-Fi, has pulled in $270 million in its Series E round, at a valuation of $1.35 billion. Reddit revealed earlier this month it had raised $250 million in its Series E round at a $6 billion valuation. However, it upped the round to $368 million in a regulatory file and has set $500 million target for its close. Very impressive. Somato has received $250 million in its late stage funding and $5.4 billion valuation. The food delivery and restaurant listeners group has now raised $1.45 billion altogether, including from Ant, InfoEdge and Delivery Hero. More Threads has emerged with Unicorn Valuation, a GPU technology developer, has completed its pre-Series A round in a 10-digit yuan range, backed by investors including ByteDance. 
Glover, meanwhile, has discovered $230 million in its series round. The Jinglong Group-backed biologic drug developer's latest round pushed its overall funding to $387 million in the past year. Ecarex has driven through $200 million. The Baidu Gilean SIG-backed in-car technology developer hiked its valuation to $2 billion in its Series A plus round. Sales management platform developer Highspot has raised $200 million in the Series E round featuring Bain and company and featuring existing investor Salesforce venture. SPH, meanwhile, stacked up $160 million in the Series B round, backed by JD.com, Shanghai Pharma and SoftBank China. Wuji Diagnostics has raised $150 million in its Series B round with strategic partner Thermo Fisher's Scientific. Pocket Outdoors packed in $150 million backed by Specialized Bicycles Corporate Venturing Unit Zone 5 Ventures. Vivitian invites investors to its $135 million Series C round which includes SoftBank, of course. JG Summit has called time for a $110 million round for the bank in South Africa and will help it apply for a license in the Philippines. Science Logic has scooped up $105 million in its Series E round, including from existing investor Intel Capital. Innovatsa has raised $105 million from the Microsoft Unit M12 to back the healthcare data software provider. Anuvia gets $103 million in its Series E round from Evo Evans Properties, AgroIron and Shreve Chemical Bat for its organic fertilizer. Orna has accumulated 100 million. Taiho Ventures co-led the A round for the RNA technology developer. Inframarkets, meanwhile, has constructed its home $100 million growth round from including Systema Growth Fund. And on Global University Venture, we've seen Foxtrot Market score $42 million in its Series B round from the University of Chicago as a backer for the corner store operator. So that's all the highlights from the past week. So thank you again for the highlights. We'll now turn back to the discussion on the Clubhouse app. And that is it for this week's edition of the Global Venturing Review podcast. As always, these are only the top headlines from the past week. So do head on over to globalcorporateventuring.com, globaluniversityventuring.com and globalimpactventuring.com to find everything else. And of course, do check back daily to stay on top of the news as it happens. I hope you enjoyed the episode. And if this is your first time listening, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. You can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, which we really appreciate because it helps us grow our audience. And don't forget to recommend us to your friends and colleagues as well. Maybe even tweet out the episode or post about it on LinkedIn. Keep an eye out too on Wednesdays for our leadership series where we talk with thought leaders from all over the world to find out more about how they are supporting the innovation ecosystem. If you have any feedback, comments, questions, you can email me at thales at globaluniversityventuring.com. That's T-H-E-L-E-S at globaluniversityventuring.com. You can also tweet us at GCVenturing or G-U-Venturing. My name is Jerry Hillis. My co-host is Editor-in-Chief James Mawson. Our sound engineer is Mark Chatterley from In-Ear Production. Do check him out on inearproduction.com for all your podcasting needs. Our intro music is by Kevin McLeod under a Creative Commons license. We'll be back with more news next Monday. Have a productive week, everyone. Goodbye.
Global Venturing Review was produced by In-Ear Production. You can find out more by going to inearproduction.com.